the right domain name is critical to ensuring the success of your small business, but it's got a little harder. But now you can choose a .us domain to help your business stand out. Reserve your .us web address today. Go to launchwith.us and use my promo code podcast for my special offer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Allison Shapira. She's a CEO and founder of Global Public Speaking, a communication training firm, and she's also the author of Speak with Impact, How to Command the Room and Influence Others. So, Allison, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to ask you a seemingly silly question, but I'd like to hear you frame this. Who needs to speak with impact? <laughs> Everyone, in one word. My my idea in the book is that every single day you have an opportunity to speak with impact, whether you're at a parent-teacher conference or whether you're sitting next to someone on an airplane who might potentially fund your next venture. We never know who we're talking to. And every day we have this opportunity to make an impact. So I'm sure in some of your work, particularly when it comes around to say, working with you and that's going to cost somebody a fee and and they're trying to judge, you know, the ROI on on this. I mean, how do you first get somebody to realize maybe what not speaking with impact is costing them? Usually someone comes to me because something has happened that is not good. Let's say they bombed a presentation or they didn't win business that they were hoping to win and they realize that it's their communication that's the problem. Or perhaps that it because of their communication skills, the real value of what they do is not coming through. And so usually by the time they get to me, they've already realized there's a problem and they're taking steps to fix that problem. Yeah, I guess that's usually the case, right? We have to admit there's a problem before we're ever going to seek a solution <laughs> to it, isn't it? Because I, I suspect there are a heck of a lot of people out there that have risen to CEO ranks or or you know leadership ranks in big companies and and they are really holding themselves back or holding the impact back because they either assume they don't need this help or they just don't bother to get it. Right. And and my business model is based on finding the people who already realize they have a problem as opposed to going up to someone and trying to convince them there's a problem that they don't see. That's a much harder sell. And luckily, there are plenty of people who recognize they need help. And that's the kind of inward-looking leader that I want to work with. Yeah. So one of the challenges, I'm sure, for a lot of folks that are that realize that and, they, and they're coming for help is you know, public speaking makes people nervous. And I, I mean, and frankly, I do a fair amount of public speaking. And I can't say I certainly suffer from getting nervous the same way I used to. But I think one of the real tricks is probably getting over looking nervous <laughs> when you're trying to have impact. How do you help people through that whole fear component? Everybody feels nervous before they speak in public. And this could be having an important job interview with one or two other people, or it could be standing on stage addressing a huge crowd. Regardless, everyone gets some degree of nervousness or feels some degree of nervousness. And the goal is not to completely eradicate that fear. That's nearly impossible and unproductive. The goal is to help you overcome that fear and harness it to create a positive energy that you have when you give the speech or go in for that interview or for that presentation or pitch. So the techniques that I use start with 
trying to find the source of that nervousness. What are the what are the variables that you can control? Are you nervous because you don't know who's going to be in the room? Well, get to the room early and start to meet people. Are you nervous you're going to forget what you're going to say? We'll prepare a particular type of bullet points that you can bring with you and easily use if you lose your place. So the more you can control the variables, the more comfortable you feel. And then when you add to that breathing techniques, relaxation techniques that I learned as an opera singer, then you can start to use those to calm the nerves to some extent. And then again, harness that energy in a positive way. You know, I've done this show for uh, almost 15 years now, and uh, you're only the second former opera singer I've had on the show. I'm not the first. <laughs> oh, maybe you are actually. <laughs> I don't, I'd have to rack my brain, but I think you may indeed be the first former opera singer that I've had on my show. So I, I you know, I know the, the, the quality of our connection, even though it is, you know, pretty, pretty good. It's still analog and digital and whatnot, or I'd have you sing some. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the sound is not optimal for an operatic performance right now, nor have I warmed up for such a performance. So maybe we can provide a link to a video of me performing. <laughs> we will, I promise listeners go to our show notes and you're going to find uh, a link to that among other things that we uh, discussed today. <laughs> so in your work, I'm curious um, how you fall down on this. Um, obviously in creating a speech or speaking with impact, there certainly is the content and there is delivery. So how much of it is that? How much is the content? How much is the delivery? There is no specific breakdown in terms of which is more important than the other. There are figures that are often cited. Those figures are usually wrong. And so it really depends on who the audience is that you're speaking to and are they going to resonate more with the content or the delivery of that content? As a general rule, we need both. The lack of one cannot be made up for by an abundance of the other. So if you have really powerful content that you've crafted in a way that's clear, concise, and compelling, and you deliver it in a way that's engaging and authentic and confident, that's when you have an impact, a positive impact on others. And you can't compromise on either one. You need both. Okay, so let me ask that a different way. In your experience, what do people generally need more help with? Content or delivery? Both. I, it's really both. There are people who need help with the messaging. They ramble. They can't get to the point. They are unable to clearly articulate what they do or the value of what they do. And then there are others who have a clear value proposition, but they mumble it to the floor instead of looking in the eyes of their audience or their voice is so scratchy because they don't know how to project and they don't know how to protect their voice that it sounds like their words are falling into the back of their throat. And so we don't get the full power of those words. I, people need both. Some people need more than more than one than the other, but it's such a solid breakdown of both. All right. So if I'm trying to create this clear and concise speech, is there a roadmap? Is there a template for you know what needs to be in it or what boxes need to be checked if I'm trying to 
figure out, okay, how do I do this? Yes. And in the book, I outline a particular roadmap that you can use in a short amount of time that starts with asking yourself a series of three questions. Who's your audience? What's your goal? And most fundamentally, why you? And by why you, I don't mean why are you qualified? Where did you go to school? What PhD do you have? By why you, I mean, why do you care? What gives you a sense of purpose in your work? What are you proud of in your work? And when you can respond to that question and the answer into your speech or presentation or into the introduction of your pitch, then all of a sudden you connect with people on a much more personal, much more authentic level. And no matter how professional the situation we're in, we're human beings connecting with other human beings. And we have to bring our authentic self to that relationship. And I think you just went a long way towards answering the fear question too, because I find that a lot of uh, speakers just getting started, the fear is based in they're looking at me, you know, I have to perform. And I think that where you really get over that is when you, just what you mentioned there is, you know, how am I here to serve? <laughs> what do they need to hear that's going to help them? And so when you turn the focus on kind of serving the the audience, whoever the audience is or how big it is, I think that, I think in a lot of individuals that really kind of takes away the fear because it's it changes the dynamic completely. Exactly. It reduces the fear because it reminds you that you're not just getting up to look good or show off or show how many how much you know. You're getting up in the service of others, in the service of a mission that has others in mind and not just yourself. And we may we may not like to be the center of attention. Well, we're not. Our idea is the center of attention. Our audience is the center of attention. And once we reframe the purpose of speaking as not to show off but to serve others, then all of a sudden that sense of mission overrides our fear and makes us stand tall and animates our body and our language in a way that engages the audience. So what we find is the right content and the right mindset drive the right delivery. You know, I love sharing tips and resources with small business owners. And one of them is you've got to choose the right web address for your business. And it's gotten harder. All the good names are gone. But you can take a short, relevant .us web address and maybe come up with the best possible name for your business while it's still available. And you'd be in pretty good company with some big hitters like zoom.us and mastercard.us. I want you to reserve your .us web address today. So I've arranged a special offer for my listeners. Register your .us domain for just $1.49 for a year. Plus you get free website builder and hosting services for six months. So to go get my special offer, go to launchwith.us and use my promo code podcast. That's launchwith.us promo code podcast. So when it comes to the performance or delivery aspects of it, what are some of the really common things that you see so many people do that they need to clean up? I see a lot of people who don't recognize the power of their voice. And this is something I'm particularly sensitive to as a singer. And by voice, I mean the physical voice. They don't take care of their voice. They're at a loud networking event the night before they lose their voice and then they wake up early and chug coffee and the, the caffeine is drying out their throat. So I don't see enough people 
recognize the power of their voice and the fact that their voice is an instrument that needs care and nurturing. And a lot of what I write about in the book and a lot of what I teach is about how to care for that voice and then how to use breathing and breath support to project your voice so that it reaches every single person in the audience. And it's not about creating a false performer's voice that's different than your day-to-day speaking voice. It's about finding your most powerful natural voice and making sure it's the the natural voice that goes on stage, not the nervous second guessing voice, which is what we hear instead. When I um, network with a lot of professional speakers and, and, you know, professional speakers that are getting paid 10, 15, $25,000 for a performance quite often will actually hire and employ a vocal coach uh, just for many of the reasons you're talking about. Exactly. But it's not only professional speakers who need this. When we think of the fact that every single day we have an opportunity to have an impact through our voice, whether on a conference call, a phone call, a pitch, a difficult conversation, because of that, because we use our voice every day, then we have to care for it every day. And more and more of us, regardless of what industry we're in, are flying on airplanes, we're taking the train, we are always on the road. And that takes a toll on our physical body, which takes a toll on our ability then to speak and to have an impact. And so we all need to recognize that whether or not we get paid for speaking, we all need to take care of our voice. How much, and I know that this is sort of reliant on how high the stakes are, but but for a presentation that, you know, you've got a lot riding on it, let's say, uh, how much is rehearsal a part of that? Rehearsal is a significant part of it, and there are different ways of rehearsing. In fact, I talk about six different ways of rehearsing in the book. It's not simply about reading the, spe- the speech over and over and over again and memorizing it. That's not what I want people to do. There's the process of reading it out loud to make sure it sounds good to your ear and you can pronounce it comfortably. And then there's reducing it to bullet points so that you don't have a script in front of you. You have bullet points that you can clearly refer to if you need to. There's practicing in front of other people to make sure it has the intended effect and you see other people's reactions. And then there are unique methods that I recommend, such as mental rehearsal, where you sit down, close your eyes, focus on your breathing, and then visualize the presentation word for word in your mind and visualize it going well. And that's such a powerful way of practicing because it tricks your mind into feeling like you've already given the speech successfully. So you're building up repetition, which builds your confidence. So there are different ways of rehearsal. And I recommend people choose at least three methods of rehearsing according to the speech and the audience. So you are in the D.C. area. So I'm guessing you work with maybe more politicians than some speech coaches. Am I wrong on that? You're wrong. I actually don't work you as don't? much oh, with okay. I, I, I thought <laughs> you just might uh, because of your it's a a fair assumption but actually i'm i'm passionate about politics and more passionate about individual businesses having an ability to make impact in their own way and so i love working with business and with the nonprofit sector and and all different sectors but i don't work as much in politics unless I, ha- I know people running for office and they ask for my counsel well and, and the point of my uh 
starting down that track was I was going to just get your opinion is, is there something that, you know, a really good polished politician who speaks a lot uh, typically can have a lot of impact and a lot of influence. Um, is there anything that you see that, that the business owner, you know, could learn from sort of the, the kind of eye that's on, you know, politicians so often? Um, and, and that was the, that was the point of my question, but you may not have an opinion on that. I, I do, actually, based on why I do or don't work in politics. The, what politicians do really well is they focus in on core messages, and they repeat those messages, and they stay on message. And that's something that a business owner of any size business needs to keep in mind. What are the three main messages that I want to keep repeating? Because whatever I say becomes the talking points of my company that my employees will use that will determine what our clients say. So this idea of of having clear, concise messaging and staying on point is very important for business owners. Where I don't want them to sound like your stereotypical politician is in this, this sense of overly polished, inauthentic delivery style, which is something that politicians are challenged by. How do you come across as genuine and authentic and not overly perfect and polished. And so for the business owner, I want them to know it's okay to make a few mistakes while you're speaking, to have a few ums and ahs. It's okay to lose your place as long as you bring your authentic self to the speech or presentation, which is what the, the question, why you, helps you achieve. And that's something that we don't see as much of, but I wish we could in politicians. So you mentioned ums and ahs. There's an app for that, I understand. There are several. There's one in particular. There are a couple, actually, that I really like. There's one particular app called Ori that you can use to practice your fillers and get feedback, and they have great interactive exercises that will help you reduce the use of ums and ahs and other fillers like kinda and sorta or minimizers like just or I think. That's a great practice tool. There's another app called Like So that also helps you connect with your or identify your fillers and start to remove them. Those are two that I really like and use personally with my for myself and that my clients will use as well. Yeah, and I, I really didn't think that I used them that much until I started getting recorded. And then I was like, holy mackerel. <laughs> I use those a lot more than I thought I did. And so it, I think a lot of people probably suffer from that. Watch yourself videoed and, and all of a sudden you will – Maybe be horrified, but but realize that there's there's things that uh, that you do instinctively. That's right, and there's nothing wrong with one or two fillers here or there. They're they're genuine. They happen. Nothing wrong with that. The challenge is when you have so many of them that they undermine your credibility and your authority. So if every other word is um or so, it looks like you're making up your message as you go. The content could be perfectly credible, but too many fillers will make you appear unprepared. And so that's why we want to be aware of them. We don't often hear them when we're doing, when we're speaking them, which is why you hearing yourself on a recording is what it takes to prompt your awareness of them. So you mentioned breathing as well. And, and a lot of people probably don't consider that an aspect of speaking because, I mean, we all breathe, right? But I, I, again, going back to my 
experience. I remember when I first started, that was a serious issue. I'd get about three-fourths of the way through making a point and go, oh my God, I, I have to get a breath, breath in here somehow or I'm going to pass out. And I, I think a lot of people underestimate how important that aspect is. How do you start recognizing that and working on that? Breathing is critical. And as you said, it's something that we all know is important and we do instinctively, which is a good thing. The challenge is when we get nervous, the first thing that goes is our breathing. We stop breathing or we constrict our breathing, which means we're, we're holding ourselves back from getting the nourishment that we need to relax ourselves and to keep going. So the breathing techniques that I use are to help you use breathing in a very intentional way to relax, to calm down, to center yourself before a speech or presentation. And the, the phrase I use with people all the time is called pause and breathe. Pause and breathe is what you do before you give in a presentation when you have 40 other things on your mind and all these unanswered emails and employees asking you questions that you don't have the answers to. Pause and breathe. And then that's what you do in the moment when somebody asks you a question you didn't anticipate or you lose your place. Pause and breathe and then keep going. And that's also what you do before you let all the fillers come out. Pause and breathe and then you'll reduce the use of fillers. Sounds like good life advice anyway. Exactly. <laughs> it is. So, Alice, you have a great number of resources related to the book on your website, um, and it is alisonshapira.com, and we'll have links to the resources. But do you want to tell people where they can find out more about your coaching work and obviously uh, about Speak With Impact? Absolutely. The, the website I'm sharing with people is speakwithimpactbook.com. And that takes you to a very specific page on my website where people can sign up for a free download of a chapter of the book, watch a video about the book, and also learn more about all of the ancillary services. Allison, thanks for, for joining us, and uh, hopefully I'll see you someday out there on the road soon. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, John.